Parenthood is a time of so much change for you and your baby. A little reliable information can go a long way towards making this new life a good life. I'm Jessica Rolfe, and this is My New Life, a Love Every Podcast. While the science aligns on what's healthy for a baby's brain development, when it comes to how to care for our babies, there's a seemingly endless supply of competing perspectives. Parents are swimming in advice on sleep, feeding, and parenting philosophies. In this season of the podcast, we aim to provide a variety of curated perspectives so you can make informed choices for your family. Share the news of a baby brother or sister with a toddler, and it's likely to be met with enthusiasm. But at some point after the baby arrives, jealousy and resentment can get in the way, and that can manifest in all sorts of new behaviors. Here to give us practical real-life tips and insights for how to best prepare for and navigate this transition is Gabrielle Fellman. She is an early childhood development specialist and clinical social worker. Hello, Gabby. Hi, Jess. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, it's so great to have you here on this really important, meaningful topic. So I want to get right into it. So frequently, a child is around two or somewhere between two and four when a new sibling is introduced. What's the best way to prepare your toddler for being a big brother or a big sister? So I really think it's about setting expectations in a really, really concrete way. Once your toddler knows that a baby is sort of coming. Um, as you get closer to that time when the baby of the baby's impending arrival, you want to give the toddler a script of what is going to happen, where you're going to be, who you're going to be with, concrete information, especially presented in a visual way. It could just be a few pictures, is really helpful for a toddler when they're thinking about this very abstract concept of you birthing another human. Like, what does that even mean? So oftentimes what I say to parents is a few weeks before the baby is going to come, you might say to your toddler, you know, baby sister, baby is going to come soon. When that happens, grandma and grandpa or somebody you love is going to be here to stay with you and mommy and daddy or mommy and mommy are going to go to the hospital to have the baby because that's where this baby is going to be born. When we come home, the baby is going to come live with us. We used to have three people in our family and now we will have four or we used to have five people in our family and now we will have six. So you want to be really concrete about the information that's going to come about. Other things I often really say to parents is to not make any other huge changes if you can, between 10 and 12 weeks before or after the baby's going to arrive. So it's not the time for potty learning. It's not the time to transition to a different sleeping vessel. It's not the time to take away a pacifier if your child is still using one. Those comfort items and keeping their routine very consistent is going to help with this other huge change. So if you need If you think you're going to use a crib for the new baby, then you're going to want to transition your bigger kid out of that crib like three or four months before the baby comes. So you want to try to to let your little one control what they can because this new change of the baby 
is really big. You also want to be careful about hyping up this new sibling so much because we are often like, it's so exciting. It's so great. You're going to be a big sister. Again, that's a really abstract concept and your older child may be having some varied feelings about it and they might not be feeling excited. They might be feeling really worried. So you want to follow your toddler's lead in terms of how much they want to talk about the impending child. They may ask questions, answer them, but if they're not really talking about the new baby, really try to keep the conversation at a minimum until you really need to start preparing them for what's going to happen when you actually go to the hospital. And when would that be? Is that like two weeks before, three weeks before your due date? So I usually say if you can, probably around 37 weeks, because we know for most healthy pregnancies, baby comes between 37 and 40 weeks, often closer to your due date. And if you sort of know your birthing history, it'll give you a little bit like extra information. But I often say if you don't really know and you have made it to 37 weeks, that's generally a good time to tell your little one that it's going to happen soon because three weeks is somewhat a time frame that they can sort of handle. So I often say around 37 weeks, get the ball rolling. Your toddler can help you pack your hospital bag if you want. Your toddler could, you know, draw some pictures for the new baby for you to take. What about when do you first tell your toddler that they're going to be a big brother or big sister? So I get asked this question all the time, and it's a really personal choice. But clinically, especially for children around two to four, where growing a human inside your uterus is a really abstract concept, I often tell parents to wait as long as possible for a couple of reasons. First, time for a child who's this age is is so abstract. They think of time as in tomorrow or yesterday or like they have those temporal concepts, but nine months is a lifetime for a two or a half or three or four-year-old. So when you can wait as long as possible, it's really helpful for your little one because they're not then wondering every day, is it today? Is it today? Is it today? Right? If you and there's nothing for them to see. So once your body really starts changing, like around six, seven months, and you could start to see the baby move or they can sort of connect to what's happening in your body in a visual and concrete way, it'll start to make more meaning for them. Oftentimes, parents will come to me and they're like, oh, I was you know, 12 weeks pregnant and we did a gender reveal. And now my three and a half year old every day is like, is the baby coming today? And, she, and, and they ask me, am I going to listen to this for the next nine months? And I say, yes, you are. They're going to ask you every day for the next nine months or six months when the baby's coming. So I often say if you can help it, wait till about six or seven months when you can visually see a change in your body and the, ba- the older child may be able to feel the baby move. That is really, really helpful. And what about props like baby dolls? Does a doll help? Yes. This is like my favorite question. Parents will say, what do I get my little one? Um, Young children process their world through play. That's how they make sense of what's happening. They mimic what adults are doing, especially three and four-year-olds who move into that big and powerful play often want to be mommies and daddies because we are the ones making all those decisions, right? We like, we run the world to your little 
preschooler and, and toddler. And so giving them the opportunity to have objects that they can use to mimic the things that you will soon be doing with the baby is so important. So I often say a baby doll that can go into a bathtub because bathing a baby is really fun, right? You're going to bathe a baby. So a baby doll that can go into a bathtub, a bottle, your baby might, if you're breastfeeding and your toddler wants to breastfeed their baby, you run with that. Even if your toddler is a boy, um, you just, they're, they're, they're processing what's happening. So a tiny baby carrier, if you're going to use one, a baby stroller, a couple of baby toys, newborn or preemie sized diapers that your toddler can practice putting on and off that baby doll, but real diapers is so magical for a young child. One of my favorite videos of my older daughter is her mimicking bath time of her then infant sister. And she was, you could see the processing happening as she was playing. She was listing all the parts. She was singing the song I was singing. She was giving the comforting words. And so when you allow your baby to play in that way, it's really how they process the emotions of what they're experiencing. That makes so much sense. And I think you also have some book recommendations, which we will include in the show notes. So Talking about gaps, so is there an optimum age for a child to become a sibling to a newborn? No. I mean, there's really no research that says that there's like an optimal age difference between children. I think that babies who are born really close together don't often remember life without each other. But children who have a sibling when they're seven or eight remember the ma- can really remember that magical experience of bringing that baby home and so there it's really what's best for your family quite honestly but i never would want a parent to feel pressured especially in like the days of like infertility where they're like oh, well it's been 4 years i there's no point in having another baby now like magical sibling relationships can happen with any age gap it's really about finding ways to help your children build that relationship and there's magic between many different age gaps. What behavior should parents be expecting from an, the older child when this new baby gets added to the mix? Like what, what, do we, what can we expect? What's typical? I mean, there's a whole, whole range of typical. And so what we really want to look for is my favorite saying to parents is when we're stressed, we regress, right? Like, so it is not uncommon to see your young child regress in behavior. Baby talk, accidents if they're potty trained, trouble sleeping, change in appetite, lots of big feelings that seemingly have nothing to do with the baby. So you may see an uptick in temper tantrums, an uptick in separation anxiety. Those are all really, really normal when you bring a new baby home. The tricky part is that for some children, this happens right away. And for other children, there's a honeymoon period of the excitement of this new baby. And then at, when the baby is like four, five, and six months old, you start to see a regression in behavior. You, you might even see some aggression towards the baby. And part of this is pushing boundaries. The other thing that a child who is two, three, four, and even five might do when they are feeling like a lot has changed and they're uncomfortable with those changes is they push up against boundaries. Boundary pushing 
is another way a child processes safety. So they want to make sure that rules that you've set or values that you've set are consistent from before the change. So I'll say to a parent, you know, when this new baby comes home, you might be feeling like a little bit guilty about bringing home a new, this new child. It's not the time to give your kid ice cream for breakfast every morning because they're crying for it. That's very confusing to a young child. So you should really expect your toddler to ask for things that you would have, that they've never asked for before to push up against boundaries, to maybe be a little bit aggressive toward the baby and then look at you. What they're really asking for is please maintain my life the way it was because I'm feeling a little overwhelmed by this big change. And so it's the child, toddler's job to push those boundaries and it's our job to comfort and remain consistent. Um, One of my favorite, I came home from the hospital with my little one just around my older daughter's nap time. And I walked in and we introduced the baby and I said to my older daughter, I am so happy I got home before your nap. And my husband and my mother shot me this look like how I can't believe you're going to put her in for a nap. And I was like, of course I'm going to put her in for a nap. It's her nap time. Her routine shouldn't change. And so we want to keep our older child's routine as maintained as possible because that's what's going to give them a sense of safety while they go through these phases of pushing some boundaries and having some regressive behavior. Wow. I want to pause for a second. So you brought your baby home and you tuned into your toddler's point of view on their life. That is big. Like this is such a big moment. You're so excited to introduce the baby, but you're actually speaking to your toddler about their nap time, which is something that's really relevant to their routine and their life. When you already have a child and your family is growing, there are so many feelings to navigate, from excitement to worry about how to best support your older child. The new sibling course pack has everything you and your older child need to set the stage for their new sibling relationship. Your child will get their own set of books and tools so they can role play and work through all the stages of this change. Whether you're expecting or already navigating the first year as a bigger family, visit loveevery.com today to start the new sibling course pack and see all the course packs we offer. And then, you know, I want to get into this, the thick of it, this topic of sibling rivalry. And, you know, looking back, I think about when we brought my second child home and then my third child home, the pattern was in our family that our, our, the older sibling would just become a little too aggressive with, you know, rubbing the cheeks. And it started out with a sweet, gentle touch of the cheek of the baby's cheek. And then it sort of became a swipe and then it became a squeeze from behind. And, you know, it's just like this concept, I think that it really kind of set the tone for the sibling rivalry. And I think I, I now look back and think I see this evidence happening from the beginning. Yeah. Is there a way to derail the sense of rivalry or jealousy from the very beginning? So I have a few tricks and they may sound a little hokey, but bear with me. So it goes a little about to understanding the intent, like what is the intention of your toddler, of the older sibling. And they can be quote unquote aggressive or like a little, you know, rough for a few reasons. For two and a half and three-year-olds, 
that newborn baby was not the baby they expected. When they are thinking of a baby, they're often thinking of like a six to nine month old that's babbling and making eye contact and like sort of like a fun toy. When you bring home a newborn, it's not doing much and it cries a lot. And they're like, well, this is not what I signed up for. Like this baby stinks. Like it doesn't do anything. And so for for young kids, they often will poke and prod because it gets a reaction out of the newborn. They'll cry and they're like, well, this is a great wind-up toy. Or they're hearing a lot of crying and it's sensory overload and they don't know how to make it stop. And so they'll be aggressive because they want the crying to stop. So we want to try to figure out the like what is your baby's intention? And then we want to come at it and validate it from that point of view. My, my newborn baby had a very high-pitched velociraptor cry. And my older one is a little sensitive in the ears. And as we watched the pattern, that was when she got most aggressive. And so I finally said, to her one day, Nora is really loud and I think it hurts your ears. When that happens, you can say too loud and walk into another room. So we followed the pattern of our older one to see what was like igniting that aggression. And it gave her the space to have multiple feelings. Like I like this baby and it's too loud and scary. Or I feel worried when the baby cries and so I'm lashing out with a behavior because I don't have the language yet to articulate that. So once we observed as parents, we were able to support her in her intentionality behind the behavior that was happening. And for young children, they often want to be validated. Um, And so that's my first trick. The other trick is to really speak for the baby and the newborn and to say like, ouch, you know, B is crying. It looked like that was too rough. You can touch her in a more gentle way. You can stroke her body like this. So what we want to try to not do is react with a big reaction and say, don't hit because we're not getting to the root of the behavior. We want to model and stay calm and give the baby a voice and give the toddler a voice. And that's how you start that dynamic of back and forth conversation between, between siblings. Mm, that is, these are such great insights. I got something on Instagram that I thought was really interesting from one of our customers. And she talked about a strategy that she did around giving space, really not pushing Um, hugging, kissing, touching, holding the baby, even looking at the baby, even being in the same room with the baby. She said, I let him adjust on his own. And by the time he turned two, he warmed up to the idea. And then he wanted to hold hold the other child in their own after a month or so. And two and a half years later, they are best friends. In her mind, giving space actually helped a lot. It's so not instinctual. We want those two to be best friends. We want them to, we're so excited about the baby. We want, we want, you know, our family to be excited too, including the older sibling. What do you think about this concept of space and actually really taking a very, you know, kind of chill laid back approach to holding, cuddling, even like being excited about the baby? So 100%. And I was getting at this a little bit before. It's all about following your child's lead and not fo- like not forcing the relationship on them. And I, I totally agree. It's, it's about asking and wondering, but not forcing. And so I actually think space is a really respectful way to let your toddler get acclimated to this new human. And it, it goes back to something I said before about having 
caregivers and grandparents talk to the sibling about something other than the baby. Not like, oh, how, did you, are you being such a helper to mommy? But instead of like, tell me about school today, right? And if you're, the sibling brings up the baby, great, engage. But to really let the, the older sibling take the lead. My older daughter did not hold my younger one until the younger one was five months old. Literally wouldn't get near her. And we just, and now they're also best friends. Like we just allowed for that curiosity to happen at her pace. And that is really respectful to your older, older sibling. And what to do when you're, you know, the older sibling is just the absolute opposite. They're just smothering (laughs) the baby sibling with way too much love. How do you, you know, give that baby some space? So it's so interesting. I think it's reading the cues. So it's our instinct to want to like jump in and navigate that for them. But to save the baby, save the baby, but to help. (laughs) You just want to save the baby. But I will say is that the baby will react to something that doesn't feel comfortable for them, right? So if the if your older toddler is smothering the baby in kisses, but the baby doesn't mind, always stay close because young children don't have impulse control, right? Like we need to, like it can turn to the other side really fast of like being too much. But if your younger children is tolerating it, baby's tolerating it, let it happen. I will say, but if the baby starts to cry, you can take your toddler and say, you are giving so many kisses. I wonder if baby B is saying that's too much. Let's give her a second of space and then we can try again, right? So it's, it's modeling for your toddler how to start reading your baby's cues and speaking for your baby and giving your baby that voice. It's a very, very delicate dance. Now, if the baby is, if if your toddler's all over your baby and your baby is like losing her mind, again, in a calm way, just say, I'm noticing, I'm just using B's name. I'm, notice, I'm noticing B is saying too much. She needs some space. Do you want to go read a book with me or should we build with magnetiles? When you gate a toddler to stop doing something, you have to give them something else to do. Otherwise, they don't know where to go from there. They may double down with the behavior. But if you can partner with your toddler in those times to notice and to articulate and to problem solve and then move them on to something else, over time, they will learn to do that on their own. And then how can we involve the toddler in caring for the newborn? Does this work, like empowering the older sibling to feel like they're helping, that they're a part of it? Um, Does this sense of responsibility really help them step into that role of big brother or sister? So this really goes back to the space question. It's all about following your toddler's lead. If your toddler wants to help, it is so wonderful to give them age-appropriate ways they can help. Sing the baby a song while you're changing a diaper. Bring you a clean diaper. Throw away a dirty diaper. You know, count while you're heating up breast milk or hold your hand while you're breastfeeding or breastfeed their baby next to you, right? There's always ways to find for your toddler to be a part of it if they want to. It's the forcing them of you're going to be a great big sibling or like you're you're always mommy's helper that can feel like a little bit too much. But toddlers instinctually love to help. They get huge gratification from being given a job. I mean, think about like, you know, so many of your playthings, the mop, the the squeegee, like all of these toys where they're 
really using real life, what seems like grown up things to engage in their world, they'll want to help if they feel like they can come at it with their own vision in their own time and when they want to. It's really going to build their confidence and have them be able to spend more time with you, which is what they want. Completely. And what if what do we do if a toddler wants you to pick them up when you're holding the baby or feeding the baby? What do you what do you do? So one of my favorite tricks is to make like a super magical feeding box. And this can be helpful like if you're you know, pumping, breastfeeding, bottle feeding, whatever type of feeding you're doing, when you can make a super magical breastfeeding box of things that only come out when you're feeding. So it could be like Play-Doh, beads if they're too small to have when the baby's, you know, up and playing on the floor, like, and involve your toddler. Say, we're going to make this magical box of fun activities for you to participate in when I'm feeding the baby. You can also sit next to me and feed your baby. But if you want an activity, we're going to go make this magical box and it's just for you. So it often feels like really exciting and they get to do these really exciting things when you're feeding. And oftentimes that magical box is a game changer. I love that idea so much. And how do you handle, you know, sometimes our older children just really aren't interested in the baby at all. They aren't loving. They aren't interested. And it's like, how do you handle that disappointment as a parent? I've, I've, you know, I've been there and it's just, it can be really painful. Do you have any tips for how to frame this for yourself? Oh my God. Yes. Frame it. And like, I always tell parents to like, take a deep breath and say that the sibling relationship is most often the longest relationship your child will have. So these relationships take time to develop. They're going to go through phases. They're going to go through ups and downs. And that this like first phase of getting used to the baby, if you give your child, your older child, the space to become interested at their readiness, it's going to lead to less resentment of that baby. And you can find ways to talk to your older child about that in very like loving mommy and big kid moments and to say, you know what? I'm noticing like you're not so into to baby Nora. I'm wonder I'm wondering about that and see what they say. You know, from I for personal experience, again, it took my older one a long time to get interested in the baby. And for her, the unpredictability of Nora, the crying, like all that unpredictability of the noises she was gonna make really was the reason Marin wanted nothing to do with her in the beginning. It just felt too overwhelming for her. But once we were able to get to the bottom of that and notice it. We were able to talk about it and I was able to say like, it is okay to have those feelings. And when she felt that her sort of view of this was respected and that there was maybe a solution or we can take it slow, it made her want to build a relationship, right? But she just wants to do it in her own time. And I think if you really take that extended view that this is the beginning of a very long relationship, hopefully, and you give them their own space to build that relationship, it, it pays off. It really pays off. That is such a beautiful vision. I so appreciate you, Gabby. It's been wonderful having you. We're going to have a part two. We need to have a part two. Um, there's more questions about when the baby becomes more mobile and how do we, you know, encourage sharing and, and really kind of deal with sibling rivalry as it heats up as the children get older. But this has been such a helpful episode. 
I could talk about this for, for weeks, seriously. So I w- it's been so great to talk to you. Thank you, Gabby. Gabby has more tips on this subject and others on our Love Every app, included with the Love Every Play Kit subscription. Learn more at loveevery.com. You've been listening to My New Life. If you think this episode might be helpful to a fellow parent, please share. And if you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed in today's show, head over to loveevery.com. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y.com. I'm Jessica Rolfe. Thanks for listening. Thank you.